<clears throat> You're recording us, aren't you? Okay. I've been recording for a few minutes now. Cool. <laughs> You're listening to the Wannabes Mobcast. All right, John, so we're at uh, podcast number, I have no idea. No, this would five. be five. Yeah, I said six on the little sheet thing, Oh, but it's actually five because I went back and counted them. Five is pretty good, though. I mean, yeah. that's four pro racers and one YouTube personality. Like, we're batting five for five, I'd say, or well, I don't know how you score batting. I don't play baseball or whatever you use a bat for, but... Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> Can we put it in enduro terms? Yeah. <laughs> it's like riding on a fresh tire, I don't know. Yeah. Hero Dirt, that's the um, one. <laughs> so, so, in this podcast, we have Cooper Abbott coming on. He is a uh, just recently signed uh, factory Sherco rider. Uh, he's coming over Seems from... Like all the good ones are going to Sherco these days. Yeah. Uh, hey, I don't know. It's a thing. You might have to try them out. And, and it's not intentional. Like, we don't keep getting everybody who rides Sherco. Because at this point, the only person we have that... We haven't had anybody that rides a KTM except for Graham, and he's riding Husky, which I guess is the same thing. But... I wonder when Shergo will get bought out. That's the bigger question. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. Cooper Abbott? <laughs> yeah. So Cooper Abbott's coming on the podcast. He is going to talk to us a little bit about his career and how he got to become a factory rider. Obviously, this is just like news that dropped January 1st. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's all like over right January. Um, he said he'd been one month on the... Or, never mind, scratch that. Doing an intro. Yeah. We might... <laughs> might be filming this after but Nic- Nicola knows what's up yeah <laughs> make us look better than we really are please yeah <laughs> no he's just gonna leave this in and be like <laughs> these suckers yeah we still have to publish it though so anyways <laughs> yeah so um pr- pretty excited to hear you know what's going on we know that uh, he just signed with Shirko like you were saying and uh, hopefully he'll come on and tell us a little bit about that and um Cooper Abbott everybody Thanks for joining us. Yeah. We, we're yeah, stoked to have no you problem. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, cool. So um, we, we sent you over kind of the uh, the sheet, the doc ahead of time. Um, but basically what we want to understand is it's just a couple of things. Like, you know, what's your riding career look like? And then um, mm-hmm. one of the things that really interests us sort of personally and on this podcast is what does the business angle of all of this look like? So, you know, we, we run a very small business around enduro riding. Um, unfortunately, still have day jobs for the moment, but we're working on that. <laughs> But, yeah. um, you know, you're one of the lucky few guys that, that gets to do this full time, as far as I know. Um, so we'd like to sort of dig into to that a little bit, too. Um, yeah, but, I think that really the, the you know, I, I, we've asked this of everybody in like one way or another is like, what do you tell people that you do? Because, I mean, obviously, there's not very many in yeah. or like you know, cross riders out there. And like, you know, yeah, I just have to imagine like when you tell people you do this, like, shut up like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what are you it, it, it's definitely interesting uh honestly have the time i it's it's too confusing to tell people so i usually just tell people i work at a motorcycle shop or or something <laughs> i feel like that's always easier um, that's like way down when i tell racer, people though, they're like yeah ten dollars an hour I, <laughs> yeah hey it's it's not much more no um it uh it's kind of interesting i always tell people um and have to sit there for 20 minutes or so and try to explain it and I don't know if they fully get it, but, uh, yeah, they, they get it a little bit and yeah, it's definitely a unique job and, uh, something I'm uh, super happy to be able to do. Yeah, yeah sure. that's pretty awesome. How long have you been, um, doing this professionally? Um, I think so. I believe my first professional year would have been, um, I want to say 2015, uh, okay. 2014, 2015, uh, yeah, I think it was 2015. So in Florida, uh, in 2015, it was the first pro main I ever made in enduro cross. And then that was kind of when I guess you could say I went pro. Um, so I kind of, from there on, once I made one pro main, then you had to go pro full time. Um, so once that happened from there on, I went pro in 2015 and kind of just try to get better each year and, and learn from my mistakes from the past years. And, and, uh, it's got me to here and hopefully, uh, it can get me a lot further. Yeah, you're going places for sure. Um, 2015 is, I guess, further back than I thought. Like, I, I don't know, for some reason, like, you're not all that old, right? Like, um, and so, nah. I mean, you've been at it for a while, which is cool. I guess you started mm-hmm. in high school, if, if I have my facts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was really into other sports and stuff and, and did a lot of other sports and 
my dad didn't really push me into racing too much. I mean, he was busy with his racing. He always, I always had a bike and if I wanted to ride, I could. Um, but it wasn't something I was super into. I actually wanted to go play basketball professionally and, um, kind of pursued that for a little bit until I was about, I don't know, 15, 16. And then, um, I started riding a little bit more and kind of started finding the fun factor of it, not thinking I was going to go professional or anything. Uh, I never had any thoughts of that at the moment. And yeah, I kind of started riding and having more fun. And, uh, yeah, I played like varsity basketball, uh, freshman year of high school and, kind of something that was fun and I had a little injury through basketball and um the next year they're like hey we're gonna go seven days of practice uh you either got to choose basketball or dirt bikes um <laughs> out, uh. and, and and I yeah and that at that time I was uh I was starting to have a lot of fun riding dirt bikes and I didn't want to give it up fully and I'm like man the odds of me going and playing professional in the NBA is is pretty slim um so I was like ah even if I don't go professional motorcycles I'll, I'll still do it and it's still fun to me. Uh, I enjoy the sport and obviously I, I obviously love racing and get to do it for a living, but I still love the sport and that's the reason I do it. I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool opportunity. Although I think, um, you know, pro basketball players probably make a little bit more, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking back and maybe, maybe I should have done that. Would have <laughs> been able to retire maybe a bit earlier. I think you're having more fun though. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I never really played any team sports, but, uh, I have a ton of fun riding. I can't imagine yeah. giving that up. So yeah, so. for sure. No, I have to ask. So you wanted to play basketball, but you're, are you like over average tall? I mean, cause I have like uh, six, two and I'm wondering, cause like I have a hard time setting up the bike cause I'm a taller rider. Yeah. And I'm just kind of wondering uh, where you, yeah. I have a bunch of questions around that. If, if, if you have. Any yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Um, I mean, I'm not over average, uh, super tall, I guess. Uh, I'm pretty close to six, two. I'm okay. probably right around six, two. Um, I'd be short for a basketball player. So uh, but for a dirt bike guy, I'm not too bad. So helps, uh, have some longer legs. Um, so that helps dab, dabble in the rocks and, uh, hopefully keep the feet moving. I'm jealous. I can't reach the ground. So I'm not even that short. I'm <laughs> yeah. six even, but I still can't reach the damn ground. <laughs> yeah. It's all how the, the, the height is distributed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk yeah. It depends it. on where your height's at. It helps the longer legs on the bike. At least it makes more of a difference. So. Yeah. Okay. So I have then one question before we move on from this and that's, you know, is there anything that you do specifically? I was going to ask Cody Webb this question cause I know he's a taller rider, but is there anything that you do yeah. specifically to set up the bike for your height? Cause I, I find that like, you know, I'm like hunched over the bars and I don't want to put bar risers on and like, I kind of look like a yeah. like monkey, like, you know, kind of riding the bike and, you know, just kind of wondering what you do with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always ran, uh, like a lowered peg. Um, so it's like, I think five mil back and five mil down, um, just to lower that center of gravity and it helps weight the bike a little bit more going through the rocks. Um, feel, makes the bike feel a little more planted. Um, I've always, I haven't ran like super tall bars. I'm not big on like bar risers or any of that. Um, cause I want the bike to corner obviously, but I have ran a little bit taller bars compared to most people, um, just for the comfort wise. And, but I obviously don't want to take away from the cornering and stuff. Um, now we're running ODI bars, which, uh, so I have one of the taller ones of the ODI bars. Um, so, I mean, I, I have opened up, I guess the cockpit a little bit mm -hmm. compared to uh, stock, um, on any bike, even from the KTM to now the Sherco, um, just try to open it up a little bit. Uh, I don't like feeling too cramped being a little taller back hurts a little too much. Um, as I'm getting a little bit older, so, uh, try to just open it up a little bit, make it a little bit more of a comfortable ride. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm gonna have to try some lower foot pegs because I mean, I just I get the worst like lower back pain uh, when I'm on the bike for yeah. any long period of time. So I never thought about foot pegs. It might be an option for you that would actually work out. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah, so I run the fast way ones. Um, they actually have like a little piece where you can rotate it, so you can ro if if you don't like it lower, all you do is rotate the piece and it's back to normal. Um, so yeah, it's just your little it's a little pin that you kind of knock out and you can flip it. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I want to say it's five millimeters down and five mil back. Um, doesn't seem like a whole lot, but uh, it's uh, it makes a pretty big difference for me, at least. Do, do you give up ground clearance doing that? Or, like, what, what is, what's actually happening? Like, you're um, lowering the effective center of gravity. Yeah. Thing, right? Yeah, so, I mean, you're lowering the bike. Um, I do notice I clip a little bit more rocks um, once I do it. Um, but it's so much more planted in the rocks. Um it's like a difference between sitting down in rocks and standing in the rocks. I mean, you're weighting the bike so much more when you stand 
because all the weight's on your pegs. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, once you lower the pegs, it weights the rear end a little bit more and you can kind of get back since the five mil back to it allows you to get another five millimeters of your weight back to where you're able to get, uh, lean back a little bit more and carry more momentum through the rocks where when it's that little bit five millimeters forward, it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but, uh, it makes quite a big difference in the rocks. I think I'm convinced. I like the idea of getting back. I'm trying to get back more. Hey, I, all I need is one more excuse to spend money on my time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So There's always something else to get, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Go, go. Oh. Well, I was going to say uh, <laughs> the biggest news that obviously everybody's talking about right now is the fact that you just signed with Sherco. And I just, you know, I figured mm-hmm. that's a good place to just really kick off the conversation and talk a little bit about. I mean, I know you came from the the RPM team for KTM yeah. and moving over to Sherco. So I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, Sherco and then that whole transition too. Yeah, for sure. Um, KTM was really good to me. Uh, I was there for four years with RPM KTM. Uh, kind of, it's like a building team to the factory KTM. Uh, Mike Herbert over there runs that and they were super great to me. Uh, helped me out a ton each year uh, I progressed. They helped me out a little more and on T did a little bit more each year. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I didn't really have any plans to uh, switch teams. And uh, yeah, Ron, uh, the owner of Factory One Sherco, kind of, we were just talking uh, at one of the Enduro Cross rounds this year, or I guess now we're in 2022, so last year. Um, yeah, he, he thought I had already had a deal for next year, and I was still in the works of that for KTM. Um, we we're already in November, and I still didn't have anything. Um, we obviously were working on something, and I, I think he kind of jumped on that uh, just since I didn't have anything. So uh, I was open. Uh, obviously, I, I try to stay very loyal, and I didn't have any plans of changing off KTM. But, uh, yeah, Ron came to me with uh, an amazing opportunity to uh, obviously be able to do this as a living. Uh, I obviously wasn't making a lot where I was at KTM, but obviously I'm not going to make a ton. But I want to be able to do it full time and give my full commitment to it. And, uh, yeah, Ron allowed me to do that. And the fact that he's allowing me to go over to Europe and do super girls and hopefully, uh, some of the European extreme events, uh, in the years to come later. So yeah, it looks like it's a pretty on, cool experience. It looks like you're jumping on some of those, the Euro circuit, uh, I guess for 2022, right? Uh, yeah. So, um, super girls, they kind of go 21 to 22. So it starts like December and then ends in March, I believe. Um, I know a few of the events have been changed. Uh, it doesn't look like I'll do any of the ones, uh, that are in March or anything. Um, I don't want to go into anything not fully prepared. And since I wasn't there at the beginning of the season, um, so yeah, I, it'll probably start, uh, after the Enduro cross season this 2022 Enduro cross season. So I guess, uh, I guess they consider it the 23 season seems a ways away, but, uh, yeah, so I'll, that'll be my first. Yeah, so that'll be uh, my first time for super enduros and stuff. So nice. we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. So when you sign as a, a factory rider, is it like a multi-year agreement, or is it just like year by year? How does that work? Um, yeah, so my KTM one was just a year by year. Um, it varies. Uh, I know some athletes sign multi-year. Uh, my deal with Sherco is obviously multi-year, and uh, I didn't want to switch for just a one year. Uh, that was. I'm very loyal and I don't want to go somewhere for one year and then be back or whatever it may be. So, mm-hmm. um, I like making sure it's long-term deals and, and figure out from there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, my plan is to be with Sherco for uh, a good amount of time and we'll, uh, we'll see if we can, uh, I'd love to stay with them for my whole career and, uh, have a nice long career and, uh, yeah, we'll see. So we'll keep racing as long as we can and see where it takes us. That's awesome. I mean, right up into your forties, like Jarvis, right? Like, just go for it. Yeah, honestly, um, <laughs> I, I try to be smart and smart with my training and do all that. Um, been lucky enough not to have too many injuries. And I think that's a key part of going a long ways in, in training and racing. Um, so, I mean, I, I love to go as long as I can. Uh, I enjoy the sport. I don't ever see myself not enjoying it. I'm just an enthusiast at heart. So, uh, I pretty much watch every style of racing, whatever it may be. And, um, as long as I can do it, I'll, uh, I'll try to make it happen. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. So it, it looks like, uh, so we, we've actually interviewed a couple of people who, um, so Cody Webb and Anthony Johnson, right. Both pull over to Shurko. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, they're like owning the sport at this point. It's, I mean, they're, they're grabbing some of the tough guys. Let's going on. Yeah. Are they that good? Yeah, they for sure. That much better, I guess, uh, is the question. Should I be yeah, buying a Shurko? So, <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely amazing bikes. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sold on them now. Um, been on them for 
right around a month now. So uh, I've been pretty happy with them and, and I've felt pretty much at home already now. So I uh, thought the transition was going to take a little longer than it did. And uh, yeah, we were able to figure the bike out pretty quick and, and make it feel comfortable for me. Um, every rider is a little different, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're definitely making some big moves. Um, yeah. We obviously have sat down and had some meetings and they have some big things in the works. And uh, yeah, I uh, obviously KTM maybe dominates at the moment, but I think uh, Shirk was not going to do any, yeah, Shirk was not going to do anything big right off the bat, but they're, they're going to work their way there. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, here soon they'll uh, keep taking it over more and more. And yeah, I, I think they have a lot to come in the years. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Hopefully I can be a part of it. Cool. Yeah. KTM needs some competition. And as much as I love them, yeah. there, and I don't like KTM. Listen, competition's only yeah. going to make them better bikes, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, KTM like, are great people. Now that you've had a little bit of a chance to like get comfortable with the bike, like what are you noticing is kind of the biggest difference? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've actually spent most time on the two-stroke, so um, I haven't spent a ton of time. I think we've spent like two days on the four-stroke. Um, since the Extreme Series is coming up, I've just mainly been on the two-stroke. Um, I've been super pumped. So I, uh, my first year on a two stroke, even on KTMs was 2020. So I don't really have a ton of time on the extreme side and two stroke stuff. Mm. Um, so my first year was on a TPI. So I'd never even had a carbureted other than obviously when I was a little kid. Um, so yeah, I mean, the carburetor is definitely a big uh, change. Um, but I honestly, I've been really happy with it. Uh, the lower end power has, um, the lug and, it's uh it's been really good uh i really like the kyb uh suspension uh the ride shop uh johnny wiseman's been uh dialing in that stuff so it's nice since uh he uh is a suspension guy for the team and he's only about 30 minutes from me so nice. uh yeah so That's it works cheating. out well so we, yeah so we've been testing and uh yeah so hopefully it'll help both cody and i and the whole rest of the team out and kind of get a really good setting and yeah i think we have a really good base so far and uh Overall, the bike's really good. The pull out of the corner, um, that little bit more aggressive with the carb, um, but at the same time, it has that much more lug. So uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's been really good, and uh, I think I'm learning it more and more each day I ride it. And uh, yeah, I, overall, I'm super happy with it, and nice. should be a good year. If your Instagram profile is any indication, I mean, you're doing just <laughs> fine on that bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty pretty easy to throw around so uh, i've Make been pretty happy good, with it so. <laughs> i think uh cody had the same kind of thing to say about it you know uh, he, he also was, mentioned suspension tuning and doing some testing i think well um, he, he mentioned yeah. having to like go up something that he had tried on his ktm previously mm-hmm. and he made it up it just like it was nothing you know and kind of had to go back down and turn around and try it again just to see if he was you know dreaming yeah. or if this was yeah. reality and yeah see if it was first timers luck yeah, yeah right yeah. <laughs> Um, wish I could get some I, of that. I don't think Cody has any first timers <laughs> luck anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, he's pretty talented, so yeah. I'm pretty happy to have him as a teammate, and hopefully I can learn a few things from him as uh, he's got a lot of experience. So that's awesome. I'll try to learn from him. And wasn't he on the RPM racing team as well before he was factory KTM? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't remember what year uh, he was on, but he actually won a, uh, I think the Enduro Cross Championship on the RPM KTM team. Um, obviously I think he had a lot of support from factory KTM at the moment. Um, but I think that spot was filled, I think with Taddy or something at the moment. So, um, yeah, so yeah. And you guys didn't maybe, uh, there at all. Kinda, no. Yeah. So I've always obviously just racing off road. Everybody's pretty close. So, um, I always had a good relationship with Cody and I obviously talked to him prior to, uh, this whole deal and kind of got his thoughts and everything. And yeah, so he was fully on board for me coming on and so yeah i'm super happy to have him as a teammate and yeah should be a good year that's awesome um speaking of suspension so you, you mentioned having the suspension guy close to you but how different is your suspension from like a stock bike like how how deep do you get into it and are you doing any of that like or is that the suspension engineers are kind of um, giving you stuff to try what's the how does that work yeah for sure um i've just been bringing them so i mean it's still the stock suspension um obviously they put their internals and and whatever it may be. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he's putting inside of it. Um, but it's still just the stock suspension. I'm bringing it to him. He's valving it. And, uh, yeah, we're kind of going from there. Um, obviously we're supposed to have some a kit stuff. So the, the factory stuff, but it's, it's nothing crazy. I think it's just a little bit more coated stuff and it allows the forks to move a little bit better. 
Um, but yeah, overall, um, not too far off. And honestly, I, I don't think our settings are a secret. I think if you went to him, he'd probably give you the same exact setting we have. So um, yeah, I think Cody and I are on the exact same setting uh, right now. So um, I've been super happy with it. And we'll, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes to it, to be honest. Nice. The longer we do these podcasts, we ask guys like, "What are you doing to your bike?" And, and then like this, this the more area, expensive us. Yeah, the area yeah. where we can say like it's the bike and not me is getting smaller. It's and disappeared. Smaller yeah. and smaller. I can't just like spend more money. Yeah. <laughs> Although suspension's a big thing, I don't think either John or I have done much in the suspension yeah. side. Yeah. And and just recently, it's yeah. come up a bunch from some of the guys that we ride with. They're like semi pro locally, and they're they're mm-hmm. like deep into the suspension and loving it. And so yeah, it's yeah. For sure. Suspension is a huge part. Um, I, I think that's a big thing on bikes uh, yeah. to do. And I mean, the stock stuff is getting better every year. I think that the manufacturers are releasing, but uh, I think if you can get a good tuner and kind of dial it in for what you exactly want to ride and stuff, it makes a right. big difference. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think probably the, the stock stuff is fine, except that it's like generic, right? Like it's made for kind of a variety of riding conditions. and Yeah, yeah, yeah not maybe exactly what you want to do. So right. I think if you can design it for what you want to do, it, it'll uh, make it a little bit better and you'll be able to progress a little bit more. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Well, I, I wanted to shift gears a yep. little bit. So I was, you know, you're talking about your riding progression, where you started. I know your dad was a professional writer, which I actually didn't know until I started preparing for this podcast and kind of learned more yeah. about you. And, Keeps and, that and, a secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering like, you know, cause you, you, you said you wanted to play professional basketball and you know, my imagination of like guys who could become pro writers on your level is like, you know, you've been writing since you were a baby and you've basically rode, ridden mm-hmm. ever since. And you know, no other interests. You've just kind of driven towards the goal your whole life and and it seems like you've have kind of a, a fairly condensed timeline where you've gone from you know i'm sure you know you've always ridden bikes but like going from that to being a pro rider is like a it's like a big step to make so i'm wondering if you could just talk through like your um your progression and, and your technical skills as a rider and kind of kind of maybe where those leaps came from yeah for sure um i i don't have i mean obviously i started early compared to a lot of people but for professional racing, I didn't start super early. Um, I would say until the age I was 14, uh, I had a bike probably from the age of like, I want to say eight to 14, um, different bikes, obviously. Um, as my dad was riding, he would get a couple from the manufacturer he was riding for. And, um, but I maybe had from that age limit, I'd only ridden maybe 15 times total in those six, seven years. So obviously I had a little bit of time on a bike. Uh, but until I was like 14, it was kind of the first time um i started getting into it and uh yeah my sister did it and my dad did it so i started having a little bit more fun with it and uh yeah i mainly started on a motor track to be honest um wasn't planning on racing motor or anything like that just it was just close to home and um we went and rode there on the weekends and and that was kind of my riding um obviously once i he realized i started enjoying it more we started going a little bit more and um, he was obviously still racing professional at that time. So, um, he had his training days, but on the weekends we'd kind of go out and go have some fun. And the better I got, the more I was able to go with them and, uh, do some rides. And I think I've always, um, kind of ridden with better people and faster people my whole life. Um, that's to where I, I think too many difference. people. Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly, I think my whole life I've been there. Um, and I think just mentally, uh, obviously you go through a little part of struggling with it, realizing you always ride faster guys, but in the end it, it makes you a better rider. And, um, that's the end goal is, uh, to be better. And you realize you get closer and closer to them. So, uh, and when you're riding with the best guys or close to the best guys, it, it re- you makes you realize kind of how close you're getting to that point. Um, so yeah, I mean, it helps you in ways. Um, I've moved fast in some ways, so, and uh man it felt slow for me but uh <laughs> yeah so um, you felt all the pain kind of progress <laughs> yeah i think uh what's funny i think 2013 so i i made a bet with my sister in 2012 uh, i think the last round of enduro cross um i wasn't racing at that time and i was riding a little bit but i think i don't even know if i had ridden a lap around an enduro cross track at that time and she's like uh she made a bet with me to uh uh she's like you should race the first round of enduro cross next year i don't, I don't even remember what the bet was but uh, I ended up like 
all of a sudden, like a month before the first round, decided to start training. Oh. <laughs> um, and I ended up showing up to the first round and I did the whole series in, uh, yeah, what was it? 2013. Um, just did amateur obviously. And, um, I made, I made one main and I think I got last, um, in the amateur in 2013. And then, uh, yeah, I, I kind of got hooked that whole year and, um, off season, I did some works races and stuff. I, I kind of wanted to be an all around rider. Um, I kind of enjoyed everything. Um, and yeah, so I raced that and then 2014 actually, uh, raced amateur again. And that was the year I won the championship, the amateur enduro crash championship. So that's what's crazy is I went from only making one round, uh, in the main and the year before, and then winning the championship next year. And then 2015 was my first, uh, pro main. And, and, and then I was slow. able to make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I look back and I look at that and, uh, yeah, it's been good. So try to make a little bit of progress each year and, uh, yeah, um, that's all you can do. Work hard and, and take away what you can and your mistakes. You're going to make mistakes no matter what. It's like this year I, I had a great year and stuff, or I guess last year I had a great year, but there's obviously plenty of mistakes I made that could have made a world of a difference, but you can't frown upon it. You just look at it and figure out ways you can learn from it and move on from there and hopefully apply it to the following year. Really like that attitude. Um, and, and I can super relate to the idea of riding with guys that are better than you. I think like, you know, over the last, I don't know, we've been riding for a few years, but like these last maybe two years, we started riding with some, some better guys, um, and really pushing ourselves. And it's made a huge difference. And it's just so much fun to like, you go out, you know, one year and there's like no hope of keeping up. And next year you're kind of right there behind them and pretty yeah. soon, you know, you're, you're pushing them. And like that, that's such a fun, like mm -hmm. progression. I love that feeling. Yeah. And for sure. And when you're doing it, it feels slow. It doesn't feel like you're progressing, but yeah, they're like, Holy, what are you doing? Like, so it's, uh, it's hard. It always feels slow when you're the person that's progressing, but right. from the outside people are like, wow, it's like, it seems like it's going fast, but for you, I mean, you just take it day by day. So it, it feels a little slower. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had more time. I, mean, I would love to like, I don't know about going pro, but I'd love to be able to ride like every day and yeah. put in that practice time. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Or just like sure. get in one race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a start, right? Yeah. Let's so, just start there. Yeah. We ride tons. We just, we really haven't done any, any like real racing. We just, we ride like, yeah. you know, for fun, but. For sure. Yeah. Practice is a ton of fun though. Um, yeah. I think going out on the weekends with your buddies, yeah. I think some of those are the most fun days. So oh, it's, yeah. it's such uh -huh. a blast every, every weekend. And we, we just built a course here, um, to the, it's just like a little, you know, little practice course, but that's, that's made a big difference too. It's been a lot of fun. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you didn't come from any kind of like a, uh, like a super technical background with like trials or anything like that, or do you do any kind of cross training? Um, no. So, um, I think I got my first trials bike in 2018, I think. Uh, I saved up a little bit that I had made from racing and I bought, I think it was like a 1992 gas gas or nice, something. Nice. Um, so yeah, I rode that for a little bot while and, Bikes uh, older than you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I rode that for a while and I, I realized I'd go a lot slower on it. Uh, I remember, oh, yeah. uh we have, yeah, we have, uh, Mike Dan from trial superstore here and, uh, I ride with him a decent amount and he would just keep yelling at me and telling me to slow down and. I just, the moto side and dirt bike side of me just kept telling me to go faster. And so, um, yeah, I kind of had fun with it and learned year by year that, um, it helped with my riding and racing through enduro cross and stuff. And, um, my first year in extreme was 2020. So, um, obviously you don't have a lot of experience in that, but, um, with that now coming around and getting a lot bigger, um, trials is massive. And that, as you see with Cody and uh, Tristan and Graham and all those guys are massive trials guys. Um, so yeah, um, each year kind of kept upgrading. I think I went from a 92 to like an 02 and then, uh, so that one got like an 08 and man, that 08 was like brand new to me. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, it's been good. Uh, each year try to get a newer one too, because it obviously helps progress your level as well. If you can have a better bike to help you progress more. Um, nice. I don't get to get out on it as much as I'd like, but, uh, try to get out on it as, uh, as much as I can. And, um, obviously it's a big part of cross training and, um, yeah, I mean, everybody does it. that uh, makes it to that top level. So, uh, you know, it's something that definitely will help you. Yeah, when's uh, when's Sherco gonna hook you up with the trials bike? I mean, come on. <laughs> right? Yeah, I actually uh, I have one practice. coming. I, 
Yeah, I have one coming, I think, in like a week. So awesome. I'm pumped. So awesome. yeah, I'm excited. So. We'll take the old one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I got one for sale. <laughs> so I saw somewhere, um, I think it was actually Recluse put out a video doing like an interview with you, but it sounded like from from their interview that you at least at some point ran the auto clutch in races. Is that mm-hmm. is that accurate? Like, how, and how did that work? I yeah. To tell us about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, for Enduro Cross, uh, I ran the auto clutch pretty much from the start of my Enduro Cross career. Um, kind of my dad had ran it and I uh, just kind of got his hand-me-down clutches and, and ran those. So um, kind of got used to it, and they made a lot of progress since then. And um, obviously Austin from Recluse, and we, they've done a lot of testing with us to try and help make them better for Enduro Cross and the harder, because obviously you're hitting things a lot harder now than we kind of used to. Right. Um, so, yeah, we kind of helped progress it. And um, this last year was the first year I didn't run one. Uh, I ran their torque drive still, but – um, all other years I ran one, um, but, uh, no, I was super happy with it. Um, I always kind of practice with the regular clutch, just some torque drive. Um, and then at the races I've had an auto, I would have an auto, um, so you, just cause it was nice to, you're riding it then like it's a, like it's a manual clutch. Yeah. That extra I, I, yeah. So, um, yeah. So they'd give us some parts that kind of were more like a normal clutch, but it wouldn't stall as well. So, um, yeah. I would ride it like a normal clutch. Um, I think the 2020, I ran it and uh, people were saying you can't, they're not fast out of the gate and stuff like that. And I I think I pulled like four hole shots that year in the main. So um, it it makes it. Yeah. So the, the clutches are good. Uh, They make super good clutches, but um, this last year I was just on the manual Um, kind of was practicing with it and I was just super comfortable with it. And we obviously didn't really get to do any testing um, with the auto this last year. So, um, kind of just stuck with the torque drive and, um, was super happy with it all year. Uh, I don't think I really had any stalling problems. So, yeah. um, I run the, yeah, the torque it was good. drive too. And I, I don't know, like I, it, it's got a few, like mine drags just a little bit when it's cold, which is a little bit mm-hmm. annoying for like casual riding, but I do like the way that it's like feels fairly progressive and, um, both aggressive and smooth, I guess is a better way to say it of like as you're engaged, yeah. which I like. Um, yeah. So, for sure yeah cool yeah it's it's like the auto clutch it's all about setting it up correctly that makes sense um, and yeah. then the torque drive yeah so yeah um yeah recluse great makes some great products and uh i'm happy uh with them again with Sherco. so cool well i ran a <laughs> uh semi man uh auto clutch cx really uh and i my bike came with it and i was like okay well you know, it's a it's a good clutch I'll, I'll run it for a while and so i never changed it yeah and these guys uh that i ride with might have given him a little shit yeah, for it. i got so much shit for not you know being able to use my clutch hand and all this so stuff the pros do yeah your yeah no so now i'm just gonna say you know cooper does it so yeah. shut up yeah you going back to it yeah, yeah. no now i'm back Keep on the stock yeah. yeah i actually still have it i could throw yeah. it back in my bike yeah now you're putting it back in yeah, yeah. now, now they make great clutches yeah. yeah too too many guys put in and and just don't use it at all but uh I mean, it's still recommended to use it as a normal clutch, but yeah, those yeah. times when you do get a little bit more tired and arm pump or whatever it may be, uh, let you kind of relax a little bit more. Oh, yeah, f- for sure. The arm pump is real too. Like I'm using the clever lever now to reduce clutch pull yeah. a little bit because I'm, I mean, yeah, and and falling apart. So you know, yeah, yeah. I gotta make the bike as easy as I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, cool. Well, yeah, no, I I really like that about the Rickless yeah. and that. You know, if you ever did get stuck somewhere, it was like it was nice to just not have to worry about the clutch as much, and you weren't gonna like set yeah. the bike off a cliff or something stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I never yeah, that's what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sending the bike off a cliff, um, yeah. one of the questions we always ask is like for a good crash story. I, I was obviously looking back on Instagram, and I noticed you you've had some injuries. Of course, everybody who rides a dirt bike mm-hmm. has at yeah. one point or another. So <laughs> we have some trolls come out the other day and on Instagram or YouTube or something. We're like, that's why you don't ride a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah okay yeah sure uh but yeah no, you i want to like you know, have you had any any injuries like in the recovery from that i'm just kind of curious to kind of know that side of this yeah as well um for sure i've been uh pretty lucky with injuries obviously i'd like to keep it that way um i think it's all in your riding uh, i think if you push the limit a little too much then um you can get yourself in trouble obviously you need to at times to uh get to that level but uh yeah, I mean, I, I 
been lucky. Uh, 2020, uh, a week and a half before the first round of Enduro Cross, uh, I, I crashed in the Matrix, um, kind of came up short, nosed into a log and mm. went over the bars and stuck my wrist out and uh, broke my uh, my navicular, uh, scaphoid, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, I had surgery on that. Um, I actually – I waited like a week – I wasn't sure because it was so close to the first round. Uh, I was like, man, like this can't be happening. So I, uh, I tried to tape it up like a week later and ran a wrist race and, and I tried to ride and, and I was kind of able to ride. Um, but I, I couldn't even barely hold on to the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd hold on to it for the obstacle and then I'd like just let it, my hand dangle there for the rest. So, um, decided it wasn't the smartest thing to race that year. And yeah, so I ended up having surgery and yeah, so I, I still have a screw in my wrist from that. Um, I was out for three months for that. So I literally just missed the whole entire season. So in nice. 2020, so I was out for that. And then, um, other than that, I've, uh, been pretty lucky. Had a couple minor surgeries for, for little stuff, but, uh, other than that, uh, it's been good. So try and keep it that way. Got to bring in your handlebars and tell the, uh, doctor to like cast it about like that. <laughs> yeah. A couple fingers and you just stick it yeah, over right. the end and <laughs> yeah, tape, tape, tape it up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so watching those log matrix things, like we have one. Um, I don't think ours is set up quite right, but like I want to get better at it. But yeah. that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm afraid of fucking doing. It's like, yeah, you know, like I'm we're doing them one at a time and trying to learn some of the slur techniques. But like I see you guys just like popping two at a time and coming right in. Like I know for sure if I tried that, I'm going to put a front tire right in the back of one and like, yeah. just go flying. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, it, it takes time. Um, I uh, I've had plenty of over the bars in the matrix, so uh, yeah, yeah. Over time, you kind of learn the timing of them and the size of the log and yeah. how much you need to hit them and where your wheel placement is. So um, over time, you start getting more comfortable with it, and you I've done it long enough now to where I've kind of been through most matrixes. Uh, no matter the difference of the gaps or whatever it may be, you kind of learn. It's like Supercross with a triple. They're always 75 foot. Not that a matrix is always the same, but you start learning the style of gaps and yeah. the style of log and how big it is. So um, get a little more used to it. And yeah, yes. it. So you're not always going into it blind and you're like, I hope I make yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You're like, yeah, for sure. What I need to get together. Yeah. Try, to, try to be really calculated. So yeah. It looks like the, like if you are, if you're back far enough, I guess, on the bike, the front suspension can take some of the smaller logs mm-hmm. at least and kind of yeah through them like. Mm-hmm. for sure just transferring the weight uh, i think at the right time is i think the most important thing for uh, a matrix and yeah uh, throttle control through it all so yeah um yeah i mean if your weight's far enough back when you hit that initial log um you should be pretty good you know it, it's funny how having built the track now you know the big logs seem scary at first but now that i'm getting more and more into it the matrix sections actually seem scarier than the bigger stuff like it's you can just go yeah your stuff and it's like you it's like a one shot and you're done yeah, yeah but like, then it's like yeah you know, kind of commit to the matrix and that's what makes it so much <laughs> more scary yeah for sure the matrix uh it's not like you get through one log and you're done right. so yeah um they're definitely technical and uh kind of just have to be really precise with your wheel placement and uh kind of figure out what uh what the best way through it is going to be I'm working on that like back tire all the way through. I love the way that shit looks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm still figuring that out. One yeah. too. Uh, I'll, I'll start with just getting out the get a, the front wheel off the ground consistently. And go from yeah, but so, uh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, I wanted to dig, kind of dig into that a little bit more because, like, I know you in the very beginning you said you know you're a little bit more cautious and you want to you know there's like the longevity factor you want to think be about. able to do this for a long period of time but then you're also mm-hmm. doing like one of the most dangerous sports there is you know like yeah. you look at soccer players and they're like oh you know I stubbed my toe and like you know, and you're like yes you, know, you know guys doing the 70 foot send and you know it's like oh that's cute mm-hmm. so I'm wondering like, yeah you know more about the 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 longevity and you know, how you think about being competitive pushing the envelope you know, being the fastest guy out there, of course, you're up against guys who are also trying to do the same thing. So you're all pushing yeah. each other to the limit, but then you're also trying to save like that 0.01% so that you don't die and you can do it yeah. in, uh, the next race. So, um, you know, just uh, that's <laughs> yeah. how, how do you find that balance? Yeah, like actually, win, yeah, not, not die. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it just all comes to practicing at home and knowing what your capabilities are. Um, 
at times people try and push it and, and you have to push it at times. Um, but I think it's knowing how far to push that capability and, and, and what instance you need to push it. Um, obviously in endurocross, people always think I'm like the guy that jumps the stuff and obviously I come from a moto background. So it's a little more at home for me to jump a couple of obstacles and stuff like that. But, um, it may be scary to some, but I think it's just everybody's comfort zone. Um, with my stuff, I'm, I'm always been a pretty calculated person, um, with what I do and riding and racing. Um, sometimes I, I back it down a little too much. I've been, I've been known for that, um, and extreme and, and anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, knowing when to push it and when not to push that limit is, uh, it's a hard thing to figure out, but you kind of learn it over time and, um, yeah, with over the years of racing and, and practicing, um, just trying to practice what, you know, and, uh, push that limit of in practice. And then, so when you go to the race, you kind of know what that limit is. Hmm. Yeah. That's that, make, a, that makes sense. I, I think too, you said something about like, you know, you're, you're the guy that jumps the obstacles or something, but I think there's something to that, like not necessarily jumping them. Right. But it's like, um, like with rocks, for example, I remember back in the day, kind of ginger my way through them with the feet down and everything and you're like finding the holes mm -hmm. between the rocks as you get better you're like yeah. where's the biggest one because that's got a nice smooth yeah. surface i can i can trust it i think it might yeah be that for way sure what you're talking about jumping i'd imagine too i i don't jump very well mm -hmm. but like you just you're getting yeah. through it like nice and clean and safe even yeah, yeah for sure yeah like you said like you you definitely want to find the bigger flatter rock so um obviously early on you want to find all the little cracks and right. holes and you think that's the best way and as you get better you start learning that the bigger rocks are the better parts and right. you kind of learn over the years what lines are better and and what works out and what doesn't yeah, that makes sense you're not down in between the, the rocks digging holes in the dirt struggling like you just yeah through it right <laughs> um is there any particular race format that's your favorite so like we talked about you you know um, adding some different circuits this year um anything in particular that you've tried recently or that you're excited to try like what does that look like um, yeah, I mean, I'm super pumped to, uh, go over to Europe and try the super endurance. Um, been over to Europe cause I did, uh, or it's not Europe. I went to Chile for ISDE in 2018. Um, so I was able to do that, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go over to Europe and, and do those super enduros and yeah. Um, I've always enjoyed enduro cross. That's kind of been something I've been a little bit better at over the years. Um, but with this new circle, uh, I'm excited to do the extreme and, and see where I can progress there. Um, I feel like I can make a lot of progression this year, um, in that series. And, uh, yeah, we'll kind of see as the results come, um, over the rounds and, um, yeah, it should be good. Is there any real difference in between the, the uh, super enduro and the enduro cross we have here in the States? Is there, um, no enduro cross here in the States is actually kind of switched more to the, uh, super enduro format. Mm. So it's the same thing. It's, um, yeah, three motos, uh, I believe they're six minute plus one as well um pretty similar uh they have like the super pole over there which is just qualifying and a couple little differences um i haven't been through one yet so i i don't know all the little details of it but for the most part just looking from it uh from the outside it looks pretty close to the same it seems tracks like are quite tracks are quite a bit different um okay. a little bit tighter and technical but uh yeah i mean format's pretty similar Okay. It seems like the skill set is somewhat similar too. Is that accurate? Like same kind of yeah. things are going to help you win. Yeah, for sure. Um, as you see, like Cody Colton, uh, they won championships over there and, um, they're obviously winning here. So, um, skill sets are pretty close to the same. Um, you kind of can take the same things from over here to over there. And, um, obviously since I haven't done it, uh, I'm sure I'll learn some things over there that can help me here and, yeah. vice versa so or maybe like um, you're exposed to an, a, like a, a different crowd maybe that that could be really interesting. yeah it's just do some networking learn from some other riders right like that's yeah for sure um yeah it'll, it'll definitely be different with the european crowd uh, i heard they get into it pretty good so <laughs> yeah. um yeah so we'll see how that is and yeah obviously there's a lot of good guys over there with billy bolt and johnny walker and uh manny latin bickler and all those guys so fresh new competition um, yeah so we'll see uh raced a little bit against them uh, on extreme, but obviously in extreme, I'm, I'm not to their level by any means. So, uh, still learning on that side of things, but, uh, Enduro cross will uh, see what we can do against them. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. So you're going and doing the, the hard Enduro races as well as the super Enduro. 
Is that yeah? Right? Okay, that, yeah. that's actually really cool. I'm. It's been always. It's just like a dream of mine to go. You know, run the Romaniacs and right. it's just. You know, yeah. If nothing else for the scenery, I can just just not keep up. <laughs> We'd make it three miles mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It. Uh, I don't know if I'll do Romania. I don't know if I'll do a lot of the European uh, extreme races this year. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly next year, but uh, we'll kind of see how the extreme races in the states goes, and then hopefully kind of progress over to the extreme stuff in Europe and uh, see what we can learn over there. Have you done any of the extreme stuff here in the states already? Yes. So, uh, and starting in 2020, I did a couple in 2020. Uh, and then last year, um, I did practically the whole series, um, the whole, uh, extreme series in the U S. So I think I missed two rounds. Um, yeah, I think I finished seventh or something in points. Um, so it was all right. I made obviously a lot of mistakes. Um, That's how you learn. Yeah, hopefully, I'll, yeah, hopefully I'll learn from and, and yeah. be better this year. So we'll find out. Do you have a preference? I mean, obviously you haven't fully gone into the extreme stuff yet, but like, um, you know, things you like more about one than the other, do you have a kind of like a preference overall? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I have obviously just a lot more experience on the Enduro Crest side and fits my style a little bit more. Um, obviously I'd probably have to pick that a little bit, uh, over the extreme stuff, but I think riding the extreme stuff is, is more fun to me. Um, it's kind of a weird thing. So riding extreme stuff like practicing all that is more fun than practicing enduro cross um but the racing side probably racing enduro cross is a little bit more exciting and more fun than racing extreme so uh it's kind of give and take give and take with both of them so um yeah they're they're both fun and um kind of similar but so different in so many ways so um yeah yeah it's definitely an experience for both of them that's super interesting to hear um I want to switch gears just a little bit again and um, talk about uh, sort of your your life as an influencer. Um, so obviously you have a, you have a decent Instagram following. I'm jealous of it. Um, no, not gonna yeah. lie. <laughs> um, but uh, you know wh- what's what's that like? What motivated you to start that? Um, you know, we kind of have a theory that anybody who's doing anything like serious these days kind of has to promote themselves somewhat. It seems like you're on board with that. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I think my dad kind of let me know or like towards the end of his career, it started becoming a bigger thing. And yeah. obviously he has a decent following. So I, I think I gained a decent amount from him. Um, just the, being around him and obviously being his son and stuff. Um, yeah. And then uh, honestly, I'm not a massive fan of social media. Uh, if I didn't have to have it, if I wouldn't. It's a little bit annoying um, sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Totally so I mean, I think because I, I post a lot, I guess people think I love it. But uh, yep. honestly, uh, for the sponsors is a big part of it. And for racing, it's obviously a massive part um, for exposure and all that. Um, it's a great part for all the sponsors. Um, and I just try to keep content and all that. Um, I honestly don't take a lot of videos and photos and stuff like that when I ride. I kind of just ride and finish riding. Yeah. So uh, there's some days when I'll just go spend like a day just doing videos one day, just so I can collect a bunch of stuff and run off that for a while and then kind of get back to my normal training. Um, so that's kind of more what I'll do just to kind of get some stuff. Um, so it'll kind of look like the same for a while. Um, same gear, same, all that for a while. So, um, just cause it's all mostly from the same day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do. I'm like, Oh, I'm in the same gear again. Yeah. That's an, that's an interesting approach. Um, I could see that working out. Um, but I, I totally hear you on the like, so like, I don't think John or I are big consumers of social media. Like we don't spend a ton of time like browsing Instagram or, or YouTube. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously like it helps you, you know, grow your brand and your business. So I, I, I'm like all about posting and creating an audience and like working with that audience and, and you know, kind of nurturing them or whatever. But but yeah, mm-hmm. not not a big consumer. Yeah, I mean, it gives you good access to great people. I mean, like obviously if we didn't put yeah. effort in on Instagram, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right, right now. And it's always yeah. been kind of, like, kind of going into this, I, I never really thought, you know, like to me it always seemed like the benefits uh, of social media were so apparent, right? Where like for a, you know, for a professional writer, you have like this opportunity to directly access your fans and kind of gain this, yeah. this access to them. But then it's like, and kind of talking to some of you guys, we've kind of discovered that it's like, no, you guys just, you just want to go ride. <laughs> like that's what you're yeah, yeah. you know? And, and then social media yeah. stuff is kind of like this, this maybe, maybe a burden. I don't know if I want to quite call it that, but like, it's definitely yeah, yeah. not this, 
you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not what you would expect. I think it's not, it's not why you're doing it. For right? sure. yeah, like an influencer yeah. to just to yeah. be on Instagram. And right? then there are influencers yeah. who also ride, which is you know, and that's like a whole other thing. But it's not like the the mm-hmm. pro racer guys seem to be very much uh, you know pro racers. Let me go ride. Yeah. Let me. Yeah. Get on my bike and yeah, it's it's needed for what we do, but obviously it's not not our sense. favorite thing to do. I guess you could say. What about you? We'd rather be out on our bike. What about YouTube? It looks like uh, I didn't see a YouTube channel for you. If you have one, we'll definitely throw the. Yeah, I, I don't have a YouTube. Okay, um, I, I don't know. I uh, If it gets to the point where I have to have one, I guess I will. Um, <laughs> one more I'm not thing to keep up super, with. I'm not super into the vlogs or, or any of that. Um, obviously, I'll watch some people, some just whoever may do it and stuff. Um, a lot of the European guys do it, but uh, that that just seems like too much work. <laughs> I'd rather be having fun on my dirt bike and uh, yeah, enjoying time at home and and stuff like that. So I'm uh, I'm not super tech savvy with the doing all the YouTube videos. Um, never even posted a YouTube video, so I don't even know how to do that. So um, yeah, no, I don't know. That's very um, fair. Yeah, some people enjoy it, and I obviously, I don't know. I guess I'm pretty private in some ways, so uh, I kind of I'm pretty quiet guy. Uh, I guess I don't know. Maybe some people say I come off different, but uh, I'm just pretty quiet. I don't I don't say a whole lot. Um, try to obviously always be nice to everybody and yeah. and do my best. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I live a pretty pri- I guess I live a pretty private life. So although I post a lot, but yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I could sympathize with that. I think um, you know I don't know. It's like there's like a, a sort of online persona, but I think as we've got so we've been doing this. I don't know four years or something like that we've been posting and it started out as just like a really casual sort of side thing just for fun. And, um, Mm -hmm. but I think as we've grown with it, we've become less private probably and sort of opened up more and more. And I don't know about getting more talkative. I think our personalities are still the same, but like, you know, you get more comfortable sort of showing the inside of your life a little bit. For sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've never been one to want to be cocky. I I don't, that's the last thing I ever want to be. Um, I don't think that really gets you anywhere. Um, I think it's better to be a down to earth kind of person and more approachable and kind of just be able to walk up and have a conversation. Um, So, yeah, um, I I guess people know a lot about my life, but at the same time, I kind of keep it quiet and people see what I do for a little bit of what I do for training, I guess. Um, I'd say they maybe only see 10% of what I actually do for training. as a, I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of keep that on the down low a little bit. So that's fair. And the results speak for themselves. I mean, everybody, yeah. see, you know how to ride bikes. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. trade secrets. I mean, <laughs> right. You right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep the secrets yeah, off for sure. hidden away. Obviously, obviously you have to support the people that help you and, yeah. um, have to post about them, which obviously I want to do that. And cause they're obviously have everybody that's been a part of my career has helped me get to where I'm at. So, um, you obviously have to thank them and, social media is a big part of that. So, um, for their business as well. So try to advertise them as well as you can, but, um, yep. kind of live your life as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. This one's going to sound like a stupid question. And I, uh, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> not sure. I'll even want to say it. <laughs> like, John, there's, there's no stupid questions. Only stupid people that ask them. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yes. Um, now go with that set up. Uh, I'm just wondering like what, what does, you know, the career look like i mean obviously you're doing this now and and is that like kind of the only plan you're just going to push the the moto thing as hard as hard as you can for yeah and you know (laughs) yeah for sure um obviously for a little bit while i was with ktm i was looking to kind of like the fire department because i wasn't sure uh where racing was going and um obviously i enjoyed it but i wasn't really making money or anything uh the past couple years so uh, I was kind of getting to the point. It's, it's obviously not a massive money maker by any means. Um, obviously it was something I wanted to do for a living, but there's, there's not many guys that get to. So, um, kind of was looking into stuff. I don't want to be a guy that all of a sudden your career's over and, um, that you have nothing to do after. So, uh, I've always kind of had a couple little side businesses and stuff that I've kind of kept a secret. And, uh, I worked with some friends and, and done some little stuff on the side just to have a little secondary income. Um, don't have any like set business or, or anything like that, but, uh, uh, try to just be smart with my money uh, and save it when I can and, uh, use it on things that are only going to help me and, uh, yeah, create a better life for me and, and my family. And, um, yeah, so 
Uh, it's uh, cool. um, yeah. What about so? Let's say you ride. Let, let's say you pull a Jarvis and you ride till you're you know fifty or whatever yeah. he's headed at. Um, yeah. um, any thoughts about like what would come next after that? Like I'm wondering, sort of. Um, not that I mean, obviously that's a few years out, so it's kind of hard to say, right? But like, how do you mm, sort of yeah. build that future? Perhaps, or are you even not like worried about that yet? Which is totally fair. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, obviously you you don't want to think about it, but at the same time, you need to to kind of think of a future. Nobody wants um, to retire, right? When racing is, yeah, nobody nobody wants to be, ever be done with it. Right. Have to work a normal nine to five. So. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, have a rough little plan. Uh, kind of try to chase this as long as I can, and maybe as things get closer to maybe seeing the ending. Uh, kind of more finalize some things that uh, maybe I want to still achieve or um, things I want to do with uh, life and stuff. So um, don't have any, any anything set right now, obviously. Um, have a few years with uh, Factory One Jerko and uh, try to pursue that. And um, yeah, I, obviously I, I enjoy the sport and I mean, I'd like to stay the, within you're it. the dream. For yeah, the yeah, yeah. So don't, yeah, don't get that up anytime soon, obviously. It's definitely, it's definitely pretty <laughs> awesome. It's a dream for the so, rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. something I, I really enjoy the sport. So obviously I would like to stay within the sport and, and do something there that uh, can maybe help grow the sport and, and do something like that. Um, That's really cool. Don't know what that may be uh, at this time, but uh, we'll see how the sport's progressing and kind of what the needs may be or what uh ways maybe i i think the sport can grow in so nice. uh when that time gets closer then maybe i'll i'll figure out things whether working for a sponsor or, or mm-hmm. something like that um uh yeah guess, we'll see I guess there's we'll a lot find of stuff out. that you could potentially do that that's a really interesting concept i mean you know there's there's like working for the teams right or coming back in doing yeah. trainings or mm-hmm. bike setup there's all sorts sure. of stuff right like yeah hopefully with factor and sure i mean they're definitely making uh some big leaps and bounds and with everything and uh yeah we've kind of talked about some future stuff with him and uh okay. obviously it's a long ways away and, sure. and relationships change and stuff but uh i try to stay pretty loyal and keep a good relationship and uh yeah ron and i's relationship has been really good so far um super happy with everything and uh yeah Rhonda, uh, his wife and um yeah it's, it's been really good so um awesome. i'd like to stay there as long as i can and whether it means working there after that or um managing a team, whatever it may be. So, uh, I enjoy the sport and I'd like to, uh, I feel like I, I learn a lot every year and, um, hopefully if I have a long, nice long career, hopefully I can, uh, teach other people what I, I may have learned over the years. So, uh, they don't make as many mistakes as I do. That's cool. Um, I wanted to really quickly ask you, so I, I think you started racing professionally while you were still in high school. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, race professionally. Uh, I'm wondering how you like, yeah, passed. Like, yeah, (laughs) how'd you manage? Yeah. Uh, barely, barely passed. We'll we'll go with that. (laughs) That's fair. Um, C's get degrees, right? They say, right? uh I had a lot of absent days. Uh, teachers weren't too happy. Um, (laughs) they're never happy. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I I went through regular school. Uh, my parents were never going to homeschool me. I, I was never a very social kid. I literally wanted to go to school and wanted to go home and ride my bicycle, play basketball, ride my dirt bike, whatever it may have been. Um, but yeah, I, I was never like that super talkative person in school. So um, went to school, got my work done, and, and kind of went home from there. But yeah, I, I graduated high school, but haven't done. Um, was going to go to college and stuff, and then uh, racing started taking off a little bit more from there. And um, so kind of been pursuing that for a while. So obviously don't have anything, any college degree or anything, but, uh, yeah, I went to normal high school and, nice. uh, yeah, went all four years there as just a normal public high school, but, yeah. uh, yeah, nothing college from college. Yeah. <laughs> college yeah. Yeah. I, I made the mistake I of figured, going, not missing much. <laughs> yeah. So figured that can always be at a later time. So, yeah. Very cool. <sighs> um, I'm yeah, running out of questions. I did have one more. I, I wanted to. I mean, obviously, we mentioned and probably pretty much everybody that's going to watch this is going to know that your dad was a you know a pro rider for a lot of years and yeah did really well. And I just kind of wanted to know more about that. Like, I mean, what is it like kind of growing up with somebody who's you know made a career riding dirt bikes and you know it's mm-hmm. obviously won a lot of a lot of championships and then obviously i heard you guys uh you raced against him in the x games and that whole story so mm-hmm. i just 
wanted to maybe that's that a good place wild. to yeah. wrap it up is is uh, yeah. just kind of like maybe the, the kind of passing of the torch and how that whole whole thing worked. Yeah. He hasn't passed the torch yet. Maybe he's kind of still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still fighting you for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it was pretty awesome um, having him as my dad. And, and I learned a lot um, just from watching. And uh, he's obviously been through a lot and he made a lot of mistakes in his time. So uh, he's tried to teach me as much as he can. Um, some things you can't teach. doesn't matter what it may be. You just have to make the mistakes yourself and you'll learn from there. Um, learning that but no, it's been really good. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we went through that stage. Yep. With it. I went to that stage. He didn't, he didn't know a lot during a certain time. Right. So right. yeah, I, I thought, I thought I knew everything. So, uh, no, but, uh, I think, I think it, it's hard having your dad as like kind of, I guess your main trainer and stuff at times. Um, because you have that relationship of dad trainer, like whatever it may be. He was, he was never super pushy as I was younger and stuff. Um, always had a bike for me if I wanted to ride and, and yeah, uh, never been super pushy about anything. Obviously he, he knows what I'm capable of. So when I'm not doing maybe what I am capable of, um, he obviously sees at home what I do and the work I put in. So he obviously just wants me to do my best. So, um, but he's been a big part of my career. I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at without him. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's been a massive help, uh, over the years and learning each year and having him to go to for questions, uh, whether he went through it or if he can give advice or, um, just his opinion on lines or whatever it may be. So, um, it's definitely nice having a dad and a coach right there, uh, to help you. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was cool getting raced with them, uh, in X games. That was kind of early years of pro. Uh, I was pretty nervous at X games getting to go to that. Um, it's hard. I, I've never been one. I've never been a super confident person. So that year I was like, Oh man, I don't belong here. Like it's still hard. I mean, even the first year I got a pro podium, I was like, Oh man, like I locked out, like I don't belong here. Like it, it takes a while to like kind of feel like maybe you belong there and stuff. Like, and I think this was kind of, I guess last year, 21, uh, was the first year I was like, all right, like we're, we're getting closer. So, um, nice. it's hard, uh, to get to that point. But, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot from him and, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at without him. So, uh, that's really nice. Cool, nice having him. I mean, if hey, if yeah. you're if uh, if where you've gotten so far is uh, you unconfident in the next several years, uh, <laughs> yeah, fully right. confident is going to be a, yeah, yeah, a force yeah. to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're slowly getting there. We're slowly point one percent every year. So we'll hopefully get there. So my uh, my fiance has been a big part of uh, helping me. Uh, be more confident myself. Obviously, I never want to be a cocky person by any means, yeah. but there's a difference between confident and, and cocky. And so it's part of you can be confident right, within. So. Yeah, yeah, you can be confident within yourself. So trying to work on that and uh, yeah, it's hard. You know, you know what you do at home and all the work you put in riding and, and training at the gym. And uh, so you kind of you want to achieve certain things. So when you don't achieve it, it's, it's frustrating. So confidence is a, a big part that'll help you with that. That's a pretty cool place to wrap, I think. Yeah. Um, telling yeah. the dad story like that'll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's as good as any. I mean, there's so many questions you could ask. I'm mean, like, I yeah. Thanks, but I'm like, you know, it's. Yeah. We talked to you forever. Yeah. You'd never get to sleep. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Of, of our audience's patience. Yeah. No worries. Can these guys shut up? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's been good. I, I've been super happy to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. awesome to kind of share a little bit of what I do, uh, whether it be with my training at the gym, racing, uh, whatever it may be, yeah. and kind of filling out a little bit more of my life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. we love it. I mean, there's yeah. so many guys that we ride with. I mean, you know, we didn't start riding early in life, and, um, you know, but we love the sport. It's just like something we do is, is a passion, and, you know, it's like it's just so cool to be able to learn from the guys who are just really, really good at it. And, you know, obviously, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and just yeah. No worries. Thank you for having me. Your experience. Now we got to go buy foot pegs, apparently, too. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Every, every yeah. podcast, one more yeah. piece of gear. Something else yeah. to buy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Fastway will give me a little percentage. There no, you go. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Some, there's going to be an affiliate yeah. link. Right. Figure it right. out. Yeah. No, they're, they're good people over there um, cool. at Fastway and Promotable. So. Yeah, we have some um, of their we have some uh, of their stuff on our bikes already. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, they make good products, so I'm Definitely. sure uh, uh, you'll be happy with them. Cool. 
Well, man, it's been awesome. Had had a ton of fun chatting with you. Really yeah, appreciate yeah. you taking the time. Um, hopefully, we'll have you back yeah. on at some point in the future when you're uh, even bigger yeah, star sure. than you are today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully. Uh, that's that's the goal. So, yep. Well, uh, I, I don't need the fame or anything. I just I just want to ride my dirt bike and <laughs> try to win some races and championships. And uh, awesome. yeah, we'll see where it takes us. So, thanks for having me on. And yeah, uh, yeah hopefully, uh, hopefully the viewers like it, and hopefully be yeah. on uh, another time as well. Awesome. Cool, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Ah, sweet. Thank you. We should and outro. An outro. Uh, That's a wrap, guys. Um, that was Cooper Abbott. I'm really stoked to hear that John and I now have to go spend more money on yet another part we never thought of for our bikes. Apparently, lowering foot pegs are the thing. Um, Cooper Abbott confirmed it, although he's not the first yeah. guy to tell us. Who else runs lowering pegs? Some of the guys uh, we ride with this last weekend had them. I think one uh I don't know. Shout out to Jaminson. I think he runs them. Does he? I think so. He was talking about it. Anyway, every time I talk to a pro racer, I got to spend more money to try to catch up because that's how it works, right? <laughs> but apparently, we can get our suspension done like uh, them, like like we Cody just, Webb. And, yeah, we can and, just yeah, get them. The Let's just run out to Arizona and get the same setup. As I mean, I have friends out there. Fuck, we we owe we owe helmets to to many bikes. Yeah, right. Shout out to many bikes. Uh, we'll bring your helmet out, and we're gonna get some suspension work done. Apparently, yeah. Because that'll be cheap and affordable. <laughs> yeah, it's <all laughs> right good. inside our budget, right? Yeah. Can the podcast pay for it yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think we're there. <laughs> a couple more pro racers, right? Bring, oh. bring Jarvis Speaking back. of paying for oh, things. Right. Uh, how thing how do, do we pay for things? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got these uh, GoPro chin mounts. This is actually a really old one that we could probably update. Because, it's an antique. That's why it's yeah, on the This wall. is the, like one of the first GoPro mounts we ever made. This helmet, by the way, I broke my back wearing this helmet and I retired it. But that chin mount survived the accident and yeah. survived the tumble down like a hundred foot hill. There's a yeah, video. it was like end over, end over, end over, it end was over, epic. end and it's this not, is the same one? That's the same one. It's not going so, anywhere. They're super durable, and yeah, you, we're in the process of coming them. out with a rubberized version of these things. So they're super flexible, and they're going to be virtually indestructible. Um, this is how we support yeah. our channel. We say virtually because you'd have to burn them. Like, you could run yeah, over you with You could throw them and, in the fire, and that would probably be the end of it. Be the end of it yeah. yeah. But at that point, you're pretty screwed. You're yeah. not worried about your GoPro anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so check these out. They're on our website. link in the description below. Uh, yeah, bye now. And thank you for watching.